everyone, and welcome back to Long Overdue, the Franklin Library Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm Sarah. I'm Andy. And I'm Carrie. And we're here to talk about spooky, scary reads just in time for Halloween. Um, I will start us off, and I have a comparison. Um, so Stephen King is like the father of horror, like contemporary horror. He's written so much. Everyone loves him. Um, and well, I, think I don't know if everyone loves him. A lot him. of people love him. <laughs> I wonder about where he gets some of his ideas. <laughs> he is not known for his endings. Or should I say he's known for his bad endings? Um, which is why I recommend, instead of reading his long novels, reading short stories. Um, Andy and I are fans of short stories. Yes. Because they're short. If you don't like them, you can put them down. And if they're disappointing, it's over quickly. And, and, and you have it. So, and I also want to talk about Nosferatu by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son, also writes scary stories just and horror that, novels. Just learned that five minutes ago. Like, <laughs> and I'm the fiction uh, purchaser. Just learned that. Huh, didn't know. It's the last name. You pulled a sweet No, out. come on. Does um, it just like pull it out of a hat? Probably. Yeah. Um, so Nosferatu is a very, very complex story. There's now a, a TV series based on it. Um, and it, it's about... It, it's gonna sound like I'm I'm a lunatic trying to describe this quickly, so you just you just you have to look into it yourself. But it's about this guy who kidnaps children to take them to Christmas Land, so he can stay forever young. And there's a girl who rides across a bridge on her bike to find things, and they do battle over the course of her entire life. And Carrie's given me the side eye. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm trying to picture it in my head as you're explaining it. It's an incredibly <laughs> detailed plot. It's very scary and unsettling. It's also 720 pages long. Oh, goodness. And it's, <laughs> one, <scary. laughs> it's one story compared to Skeleton Crew by Stephen King, which is a collection of his short stories is a mere 512 pages long, but you get 22 stories out of that. It's great. That's such a value. It is. (laughs) You get a good value. You bang for your buck. And it has a ton of great stories, including The Mist, which is one of his, like, better-known stories. Um, And every, all of them, they're just that unsettling, spooky, scary stories. And again, if you just don't, if you don't like one, you can just quickly move on, whereas with Nosferatu, <laughs> you, you have to dedicate quite quite some time to, to get through it, and um, it is a good book. I listened to it on audiobook. It's extremely long, um, but it is scary. You might not finish it before Halloween if you want to read that one this year, but Skeleton Crew, you could read a couple of stories before Halloween. I read Skeleton Crew when I was in high school. Andy, did you read that one? I have not read that you one. You haven't read no. that one. I know Andy's a big Stephen King fan, too. I've, I've read a, a fair amount of his yeah, books, yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, I think many kids who grew up in the 80s and 90s, like, the first adult book you read was Stephen King. Like, yeah. I was Mary Higgins Clark. 
But Sarah, you're just a more gentle soul. <laughs> I, I think out of Stephen King, I'm more of a the misery. Like I yeah, like that's the, the one that I never mm-hmm. wanted to read. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, uh, yeah I think um, probably for me the most uh, memorable is Salem's Lot. Oh man, yeah. such remember, a good one. I remember just reading that in my bedroom when I was in high school and. You know, kind of listening for you know a vampire to start scratching on my window. <laughs> did you ever out see? I, you know. Did you ever you see want, the horrible, horrible movie yeah, version of that, it? That's worse. That's one of the worst movies ever, ever, ever. ever. It's, really, it's it so, <laughs> so bad. If you're looking for a horrible Halloween movie to watch, Salem's Lot might be it. Like it's so, 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 so bad. If you starring, don't like scary uh, movies. Yeah, it's not scary. It's so... Starring uh, David Soul, who is uh, Hutch on Starsky and Hutch. Which I did not know. But so Andy. If you're into, you know, 70s also. Uh, TV cop shows, then, you know, there's your horror movie to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it was so disappointing watching that after, like, loving the books. Yeah, it was, it was bad. But I, th- I can't, I don't know if I could even pick a Stephen King book that was my favorite. I, I have mm-hmm. so many, like, and Skeleton Crew was really great. I loved his, other short stories are more like novella books, like, yeah. um, what's the one, uh, something past Four midnight. Seasons. Four Seasons is great. That has Stand By Me in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what's the midnight one? Is it like Four Past Midnight? Yeah, I think that's That one's good. also really good. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for, like, same kind of thing, horror, but short, yeah. shorter. Yeah. And and I love short stories because it, it, it they're so they're perfect for like horror because it, it builds up quickly it ends quickly it can be really unsettling but it doesn't take long it does it's not a huge investment and there's like Edgar Allan Poe has oh, a yeah, bunch for sure like yeah. I mean you can you can find all of these great short story collections and get get your frights in by the bundles Uh, (laughs) and i'll uh i'll i'll find a couple i can't think of any off the top of my head but i'll i'll write them all in the show notes um and and you can find them there cool yeah yeah i don't i don't can't think of any other ones and i don't read short stories but for some reason, like Stephen King's short stories, yes, I do really yes. enjoy. <laughs> in, the, in the very first podcast, I talked about uh, Suicide Woods by Benjamin yes. Percy. That's a good one. That's kind of a, a newer one, newer mm-hmm. style type uh, horror stuff. So that's yeah. a good one, too. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's well, great. Andy, Andy I you think you have out. more short story stuff, right? Yes. Cool. Let's hear about that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you go next, Andy. <laughs> okay. So the book I'm talking about today is called Growing Things by Paul Tremblay. And uh, he's a pretty popular horror writer right now. Um, in a few of his stories, in one of the stories here, he kind of jokes about himself a little bit and calls himself uh, Mr. Ambiguous Horror. Which is, or Mr. Ambiguous Horror Writer, which I think is pretty accurate because there's a lot of times when you're really not sure if all this is really happening or not. Um, and probably the best example of that is a story called Notes from the Dog Walkers. And Ooh. in that, a, a horror writer <laughs> uh, hires a dog walking service. And um, the first part of the story is all just little notes from the dog walker about what happened on their walks and, you know, how their dog was 
doing and then one of the walkers kind of starts taking over and is basically stalking the other walkers and the writer and it gets pretty crazy um and then one of his last notes is like a 10 page long uh discussion of the horror writer's books and uh it's kind of a real metafiction type thing and oh. it's very it's it's very funny though too and there's a lot of humor in this in this book uh, overall but um he's kind of talking about how he's you know gonna get the writer and um talking about meeting with him and then uh this is the end of the story here i'm just gonna read it after that exchange we will not speak again and you will leave your writing office and I will follow you from a distance as I follow everyone else. We'll be apart for a time. It could be an hour. It could be 50 years. However, there will eventually come that final time. Without regard to my arrival being heralded as a balm of terror, I will take you away. And your little dog, too. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there, and, you know, a number of the other stories are... Uh, interestingly structured as well there's one that is called um, a haunted house is a wheel upon which some are broken in which uh, the character returns to her childhood home where there was a lot of uh, tragedy and uh, it's told in sections and it's kind of like a choose your own adventure so when you get to the end of oh. The section it'll say, uh, if Fiona goes to the kitchen, go to page one seventy. If she goes to the living room, go to page one sixty-seven or whatever. So oh. it's it's really kind of oh, cool man. and um, yeah, it's it's complicated. I love choose your own adventure. So it's though. very it's very. Yeah. Um, he's a really really good writer and um, it. Uh, definitely is um, worthwhile even though kind of challenging but um, but I really like his books and I read one of his other books uh, as well Disappearance at Devil's Rock um, that's a novel um, that came out a few years ago so I would recommend that one also I have not done a choose your own story in so long. Me neither. But my brother and I loved the Goosebumps books and the Goosebumps <laughs> choose your own story. Oh wow! I, I'm I'm the baby of the group here. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't know they existed as um, a choose your own adventure. <laughs> I love Goosebumps books, and they do have choose your own adventure Goosebumps books. They're probably out of print. They probably hey. are. Hey. <laughs> but well, the ones I read are for sure out of print. Yeah. 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 And they were always so good. And if if you've read a choose your own, you cheat. You keep oh, your finger on the page and you start reading and you're like, no 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 yeah. no. No, I never what took I was my gonna finger ask off. Andy. Did I you never cheat? Took... Um yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean I did uh read it uh in a couple different ways. Yeah. I did go back and say, Okay, I'm gonna choose the other one and see what happens. But it actually kind of works itself all through all of the sections, I think, if I remember correctly. So you do go into all the different 
rooms of the house and everything like that oh, eventually nice. so you have to cheat though otherwise yeah. you just you'll yeah. never know yeah because you like what if you like when you go to that page like it's done i hate mm-hmm. that because like i yeah. want it to be done like but if you do the other route you can get there further right do you turn left or right left and you fall down and the story's over what Lame. no Lame. go back i didn't take my finger off the page that was my mine of my brother's rules the yeah, finger yeah. wasn't <laughs> off the previous page you could go back Mine was if you didn't like turn the page like all the way, so it's like you just like <laughs> a little bit, then you would look. I'm pretty sure I did what every librarian knows is what you should never do to a book is I um, turned down the corners and then went oh, back from there. Oh my yeah. goodness, that's a horror story. <laughs> Don't do it to library. Books. Don't do it, please. If and you, I'm, I never do it anymore. It's like our biggest pet peeve. If you own the book, if you purchase the True. book, you can do whatever you want with it. But if it's a library book, please do not. And these were library books, you guys. We have bookmarks here. So in that in that story, he does give you a chance to chicken out though too, because like there's one yeah on a lot of the pages it says, "This is harder than she thought it was going to be. Impossible, in fact. Fiona doesn't think she can continue and leaves the house. So, um, so so you don't like the story and don't like choose your own adventure. You're like I'm done with this. That's good. He knows his audience well. Yeah. (laughs) That's really cool. He should write a whole choose-your-own-adventure book for adults. That would be interesting. I think that would be really popular. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would read it. (laughs) All right, Um, Carrie, you're up. Okay, so I really do love horror. Uh, I love reading horror. Um, I'm a big baby when it comes to watching scary movies, but um, when it comes to reading horror books, like, I I love it. as I said before, like I started reading Stephen King as a kid, um, probably like in middle school. Um, I remember reading the Amityville Horror, and that book uh, scared me for a good solid couple of years. Um, if you, the movie doesn't again another horrible movie <laughs> compared to the book. The book is so much more frightening, so much more frightening. Um, so I, I do have a, a, a specific. Uh, kind of genre within horror that I'm going to talk about really quick today because I had a really hard time figuring out what to talk about because there's just so much. Um, So I'm also a big zombie fan. Um, I love zombies. So I'm going to talk real quick about three books. None of them are new, um, but they're all really great zombie books and they're all kind of a little different. Um, And you've probably heard of almost all of them, but that's okay. We can reiterate it, right? Um, so the first one I just want to quick mention is called World War Z, which I think everybody is familiar with. Um, and it was then made into a movie with Brad Pitt's the only one I remember from that, from that yeah. movie. Yeah, the movie was nowhere near as good as the book. <laughs> um, I thought it was a really interesting, I liked the, the thing I really liked about that book is the way that it was like all these different people and all these different viewpoints and kind of throughout the timeline of when the zombies took over the world. That was my favorite part of World War Z. And so I started World War Z, but I started the audiobook, and it was it, it was really, really hard to keep track of unless you were, like, really paying attention. Because of so, the different stories. Because so of many all the different storylines and points of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listen to audiobooks all the time when I'm walking my dog, when I'm cleaning up the house, doing, doing whatever. Yeah. Um, if you're a distracted audiobook reader like me, <laughs> not recommended. Yeah, no, um, I've re- I've physically read it, yeah. and I didn't. I could see. I could see as an audiobook, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to keep track of it either. It's a it's a ton of storylines. Yes, which all meld together. Um, so I would definitely recommend that as a physical read. 
Yes. But a fabulous book. Movie's okay. Movie's okay. <laughs> um, the second book uh, that I really loved um, is called Warm Bodies. It's, I think it's by Marian Isaacs. And it's a zombie love story. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It was great. Um, and it's told from the point of view of the zombie who is uh, starting to remember being a human and starting to have thoughts and feelings um, as this time as, you know, the world has ended and the zombies all came back. But the zombies start, you know, kind of becoming human again. Like they're, like, to like oh, all zombies or just this particular he's, one? Well, because it's told from his viewpoint... Okay. Like, we think he's the only one, right? And he sure. thinks he's the only one, and he's trying to commit, you know, communicate with his other zombie people, and they're, you know, they're not communicating. And he's like, okay. what is their problem? And he kind of starts losing his, like, need for flesh. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's really, it's, it still satisfies that, like, zombie craving because yeah. it's told from the point of view of the zombie and he starts out like only like being able to say like one letter in his head so it's just like one letter <laughs> a lot of the pages but then it progresses as you know time goes on and of course there's other details about what's going on in the story it's not just him but um or what's in his head but he you know he eventually finds like people instead okay. of wanting to eat them he finds a girl who he and that's where the love story starts. in love with it. <laughs> it's such a sweet book, but also, like I said, totally uh, satisfies your zombie cravings. And it was made into a movie, and the movie was pretty good. Oh. Yeah, so Warm Bodies is... is a movie as well. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I <laughs> mm-hmm. couldn't remember if they had made that into a movie. Yet. Yeah, it was, it was, I thought they did a good job. I liked the movie. Uh, I and if a librarian says the movie based on a book was pretty good, <laughs> that means it's probably a pretty good movie. Yeah, I mean, if you're, it's not scary whatsoever. Whatsoever. It's not scary, but it's it's sweet. It's a sweet zombie Halloween-y movie. <laughs> and book. Um, and then the last book that I'm going to recommend that is Zombies uh, is one by Colson Whitehead, which you might uh, recognize the name. Uh, he wrote... Um, the Underground Railroad, and he also wrote Nickel Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wrote a zombie book, you guys. Oh, I did not know So that. good. I know, it's called Zone One. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking back, I read this one a while ago, and I'm looking back at my Goodreads uh, review. I really liked it, but <laughs> the funny thing I wrote was, most literary zombie novel I've ever read. <laughs> and it was. It's, like, very literary. I mean, he is an, an amazing writer. Um, and again, you know, of course, every zombie novel, the world's falling apart. Like there's, you know, the pandemic, <laughs> the pandemic of zombies, you know, <laughs> so like, um, but he lives in New York City <clears throat> and they've created zones where they're free of zombies. Okay. And um, there's that, so there's the, you know, present day where they're, they're living in the zone where it's free, supposedly. And then there's the backstory that he tells of how it came to be that way. Like, how, like, and I think every good zombie novel does that. Like, you have to have the backstory to understand where you are right now. Right. Um, I would say if you want to, if you want to spend a little more time and, and take a little, you know, be a little more slow and if you don't just want a mindless read, I would say zone one is a good one. 
because it does take a little bit to follow. Is it like science-y about zombies or just like no. very like detailed story? Very, very, very detailed. Okay. Not science, no, not science okay. at all. Just super detailed and like you really got to pay attention. Yeah. To know, to follow the storyline. Um, but it was a fantastic read. I gave it five stars. Ooh. Um, so... <laughs> I'd say that and World War Z are probably the, um, kind of the same level as, like, you just really got to pay attention. Yeah. Um, and as far as I know, this one was not made into a movie. <laughs> yes. But, right. Mike? Yes. All so, right. Um, and then I was going to talk about two quick serial killer books. Go just going to mention it really quick because that's the other thing that's really, I really enjoy reading is serial killer books. <laughs> I love serial killers. Oh you God. don't want to say it out loud, but... I know! Or documentaries about serial right? killers. Or, like, Mindhunter. Dude, I'm going to yeah, be I talking about the book. All right. Not Mindhunter, but the book that he wrote this last year, I think. Um, like, as a sequel to it, kind of. Ooh. And who's sad that they have canceled it off of Netflix? I was so mad. Very like, nice. Yeah, that's not right. Them. Everyone that's I know bad. is sad. And how can you do you're this? Listening, how can you do this back. Though the thing I heard, which I don't know if it's true or not, is they couldn't get the actors and actresses and like everyone together because of different schedules. Well, we have schedules. a year in like basically yeah, like, quarantine, so maybe that'll on. change something. Let's let's get it together. Let's All get right. it together, Olaf. <laughs> you know the guy who's the mind hunter the main guy's the voice of Olaf, right? Yeah. I didn't oh, realize. I did that. not know that. What? Yes. Well, I learned or Kristoff, sorry, not Olaf. Kristoff. Oh, well, then that's Christoph. that's a big difference. And I, he, I yeah, Olaf is like a funny <laughs> Olaf is a funny guy. No, no, no. Kristoff. I was, why I get Olaf and Kristoff confused? I shouldn't. I've Once watched that movie. Man. I know. I've watched those stupid <laughs> movies like 18 bajillion times. Kristoff uh, is the Mindhunter guy. All right. Well, yes. let's talk about his book. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Um, so the uh, gentleman who wrote, I got to find my book here. The gentleman who, who wrote the original book that Mike Hunter is based on um, wrote a second book, uh, and it came out last year, and it's uh, Across the Table. I just have to find it here. Sorry. Carrie's scrolling I'm through scrolling. her Goodreads account, and there's... Is this just your, like, scary books no, thing? Oh, no, okay. this is all my books. I was going to be a little bit concerned, because no, it is a very no, no, no. long is. list no. of... It's just hard to find. Uh, it's called The Killer Across the Table, um, Unlocking the Secrets of Serial Killers and Predators with the FBI's original mind hunter. Um, it's really great. Uh, so he does reference, if you read the first book um, or watched any of the show, he does reference some of the cases that he did in that book. Um, but he also talks about new cases. And um, what it is and what is so um, unnerving and almost un it's unbelievable and i think that's why people really like serial killers is they just cannot wrap their heads around why somebody could or how somebody could be that way and that they could do that mm -hmm. he's i mean these are interviews he basically oh is God. giving you the interviews that he did with these serial killers basically oh kind of like how those mind are, hunter yeah. is those are the the best scenes in that show I, it's true yes. I mean, it's true those are yeah, really by far and that's this book so mm -hmm. like do you recommend reading his first book first? I never read his first okay. book. No, I just watched the show and then I picked this up and yeah, I couldn't put it down. 
it was great. But it is basically like it's the interviews that he does, and it's okay. just crazy. I'm wondering if there's like an audiobook for this. There might be. I didn't. That would I be read a good it. Listen, I think. <laughs> if, yeah. Especially if he were the one narrating it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one was really good, and then the other one that um, when I say enjoy, I mean I mean like it was like was horrendous. Uh, this one is called American Predator, <clears throat> The Hunt for the Most Meticulous Serial Killer of the 21st Century. It's by Maureen Callahan. Uh, and this one was interesting because I'm like, oh, I, I, who is this? You know, some man named Israel Keys, who I'd never heard of. Have any of you ever heard of the that name? name? Sounds the name is familiar. <clears throat> okay. And I think I might know where you... I listen to a lot of true crime podcast uh crime junkie if you're into crew crime is the true crime podcast um to listen to i'll link that in um and i think i might have listened to an episode about him or some other podcast about him i listen to too much true crime <laughs> i like true i do too i i just never had heard about him and um this woman uh basically follows him on a case in Alaska where uh, this girl gets kidnapped from one of those like coffee kiosks, you know, that are in parking lots. Yeah. Where it's like one person, tiny oh, building. Wow. She gets kidnapped. And then there's this like whole elaborate thing where like they're following her because her credit cards are being used. There's like letters being sent. Hmm. Um, it's crazy. Like, this person who you you figure out is there's real keys is keeping her alive when she's been dead since the beginning, and oh, then we follow him around and he's been doing this across the country for years where he kills somebody he has kill kits set up across the country where he can just dig up the tools, kill somebody, and get rid of them, and nobody mm. will ever figure it out. It's so creepy. I'm speechless. And then, she, like, then you get to the, when he gets caught in the interviews with him, uh, even better. Oh, my God. And by better, I mean so unsettling. So much worse. <laughs> wow. So that's it. I'm done. It was very hard for me to pick today. I'm really sorry I took up all that time. Yeah. I am done now. So we have one more quick thing to get through, but before that, um, if you are interested in audiobooks or eBooks, we have two different services, Hoopla and Libby. And they both put together collections of spooky, scary books. Oh, and you cool, can yeah. sort by what's available now and get them right away. Um, they're great. They, um, they're great collections. And if, if you're looking for something, if, if nothing pops out that we've talked about, they have just tons of them curated into these little collections for all ages. And, and you can find something quick. Um, and if you haven't used them, they're super easy to use. Just come to the library and, and we'll uh, help you out as much as we can. Um, and before we go, we want to quickly talk about um, two, uh, a Netflix series. It's kind of two series. It's The Haunting of Hill House with season one and The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is season two, but they're... They're not related at all. It's not like a... It's, it's not a follow-up. You don't need to watch one before the other, but they're produced by like the same people and there's some of the same actors so people are calling it season two it. but it's not really okay. um haunting of hill house is based on a novel of the same name by shirley jackson and the haunting of bly manor is loosely based on turn of a screw by henry james so they are both kind of book to movie 
I read The Haunting of Hill House. It is not close to the same plot as the <laughs> TV yeah. show because it's a short book. Um, it is good. Um, it does not ruin the show for you in any way because it is so completely different. Um, Turn of the Screw I read years ago, so I know the basic plot still, um, but I've not seen Bly Manor, but Sarah has. I have, and I have not seen The Haunting of Hill House, which I want to, but someone I love with won't let me watch the <laughs> <laughs> um, Sarah, I would come over and watch with you, but like, you know, COVID. Yeah. No. And, but it was, it's really good. It's just like, um, like a supernatural ghost story. Like it keeps you on yeah. the edge of your seat. Little tiny frights pop out at you sometimes. But it's like you really just need to pay attention. You, there's little mm-hmm. things you might not get the first time you're watching. But then you'll make that connection later. Like, oh my God, I did see that. But I wasn't really seeing it because you were focused on something else. Like clues? Yeah, okay. like little tiny things that you see throughout it. And like in the beginning, like I'm like, She's, she's acting weird. This person's acting weird. Why is she? And then, like, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to spoil everything. So, um, and so it's just, like, little things like that. And basically, like, this rich guy who lives in London hires an American nanny. This is, like, the 80s. This is, uh, it's, like, present day is telling, or 2007 is, like, telling the story of like in this 1980s like, oh, okay. ghost story. Okay. Um, so it's like set, most of it's set in the 1980s. Um, and this rich English guy like hires an American nanny. Um, and then she goes off and there's these two kids that are obviously creepy. <laughs> well, they have to be, right? And it's pretty much just goes from there. And they're like, I will spoil it. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> don't, please don't spoil so it. So it's super creepy. It's definitely like, Tony, my husband, he started watching it because he thought it was kind of getting good, creepy, but then he's like, eh, this is like a drama now. So um, yeah. I thought it was, I like stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I like suspenseful, creepy type of stuff. Like, keeps you on the edge of your seat, not really sure, but I think he might have thought it was too predictable. And okay. I love that too, and Haunting of Hill House is kind of the same vibe, where it's mostly about the people, but there's mm-hmm. just like this ominous background of dread the entire time you just feel like you're like clenching your fists Uh and holding your breath and you see something float through the background or you hear a noise and it's just so unsettling you like can't relax or as the person that i live with notes oh look the lighting is growing darker (laughs) yes music is playing something's gonna happen yeah yeah, the Haunting of Hills House scared the bejeebers out of me. Like, there, I, I want to watch that. So there are badly. some of the scariest scenes of any TV show or movie I've really? watched in there, and but a lot of it also is just like it's so unsettling, and but you can't look away. And you I think just it's the build up, and that's so what the, makes it so scary. Yes. Like, I literally, when I think something scary is about to happen, I put my eye, like my hands, over my face, but I keep like I do that too. I keep just like it open. The little windows open, it. so you can see. Or like if Tony's around, I'm like, tell me when it's over. Yeah, but I'm still, that's like, what watching. I did to my husband. Like there was one scene in The Haunting of Hill House where I think the little boy was either in bed or under the bed, and that mm-hmm. creepy thing. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking. I about. was like. Okay, ma'am, 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 ma'am. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? He's like, just look, it's not that scary. I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, this is it what, was so bad. This is what my mom used to do whenever we watched movies as kids. If there was a scary part, we we watched 
homeward bound and she made us do this. That is scary. Is we would have a blanket and she would say, all right, heads under the blanket. And we'd put the blanket over our head so we wouldn't see it. You don't want and to see any animals getting hurt. Right. Oh. So if you have kids or if you're it an adult like us, happens. just oh. get a nice blanket, yeah. pop it over your head. I use pillows. Pillows. Those were great too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also though, like for like others, like Halloween scary movies that I like to watch, that I'm sure we have even in our collection at the library. There's Halloween. Yes. There's like a gajillion of them. Yeah. All those Jason movies. Yeah. Um, for middle grade, a really great middle grade children's author that I really like to read is Dan Pablocki. He writes a lot of scary like ghost stories, horror stories for kids. I can't think of the names right now, but the like haunted houses type of feel, stuff like that, like. Supernatural mm-hmm. type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we also have in the adult collection we have Halloween craft books, mm-hmm. Halloween <laughs> cooking books, like fall themed stuff too. So we have all that. And uh, Carrie works really hard on our Pinterest account I'm and trying. has really been beefing up the holiday stuff. So um, check out Franklin Public Library's Pinterest board. Thanks, Sarah. And I will link all of this and more in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.